You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan. We're so glad you're here today. I'm a writer and producer, and I live in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister, and I do this podcast with my two older sisters, Liz. Hey, I'm, you know, I, yeah, okay, I'm older. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. I am the middle sister. I am a podcaster and a marketer. And now let me throw it to Julie. Hi, this is Julie Dolan. I'm the old, oldest sister. I live in Dallas, Texas. I'm a podcaster and a grandmother. You know, it's always hard in the context of this show to acknowledge something like the stunning and brutal acts of terrorism that we saw in Israel this weekend. But we did want to do that. Yesterday, countries around the world signaled their support of Israel with blue lights and white lights on the White House, the Brandenburg Gates, the Eiffel Tower. I don't know if you saw that, but it was really, I thought, moving and powerful. So we just want people to know we're thinking of the citizens there and praying for peace and security in what is a very, very tense situation. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're going to move forward with the rest of the show, but we are we are praying for peace there. Um, today on Satellite Sisters, what are we doing? Well, Liz is going to tell us about some of the Nobel Prize winners. Looking forward to that. <laughs> just uh, one, just one that I think is right up our alley. That's all. <laughs> Julie is on the fishing, spear fishing, and fraud desk today. Jewel, you have yes, what, I have a fraud. Here? I have a fraud quiz for you too. I hope you can pass it. Otherwise, you're in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw an article in the Washington Post on imposter syndrome. And I, I know we've talked about it on Satellite Sisters, but I feel we've never talked about it on Satellite Sisters. So I would like to get, uh, uh, you know, thoughts on you from you, Liz and Julie, about your thoughts on imposter syndrome. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about all that later. First little, how was your weeks? Um, so you guys, Saturday morning, I did something I haven't done in 20 years, probably. I went to a baby shower. Oh, I mean, fun. I, I love baby showers. I know some people don't. I, I think they're delightful and just uh, and hopeful and fun. Uh, did you have a good time? It was all those things, Julie. Yes. I mean, first of all, it's, it was a first baby. So just the level of naivete from the expected <laughs> mother is just a joy. You know, you can't, you don't want to burst any bubbles. No. Yes, you're going to be able to put your child in that super complicated child holder. <laughs> that's going to happen. And, you know, oh, I'm sure they're going to sleep through the night in that sleep bag. That's the problem. Get the sleep bag on. You're going to, you're all going to get a lot of great sleep. I mean, Oh, yes, you're going to have time to read all those books to the baby every single day. I mean, it was just so delightful. And we played games, which I was truly bad at. Um, I cannot do word scramble, folks. I Really? Oh, it seems like but, you should be good at that. Yeah, you're, you're an a author. word person. You I, work with words all day long. I got to get some books. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Other, I just 
first of all, I'm, I'm just not in the baby mode. So all the words were baby related. And I just wasn't thinking of, of things like pacifier. Like that's just not a word I think of on a normal basis. But oh. <laughs> anyway, we had cookies, we had cake. There was just, it was a total delight. It was so wonderful to see these young women, one of whom was having the baby, one of whom was just engaged, people getting married. It was just a very rich time of life. I was so happy to be included by my dear friend, Sarah, and uh, congratulations to her her daughter, Naomi. And they already know that the baby's name is Charlotte, which is uh, another excellent, uh, excellent thing now. We've got the name, we've got the sex, and the baby is going to be a February girl, which I am. So I'm all for it. So uh, looking That's forward nice. to meeting baby Charlotte in person. But it's it was a beautiful a, name. It is. It is. Very hopeful day after such sad news Saturday morning to sort of turn around and go to this baby shower, shower was very hopeful. Very hopeful. That's good, Leanne. Yes. And a lots of good loot now. You see how the equipment has improved oh, yeah. dramatically uh, since uh, you and I had kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know where they're going to shove all this stuff in their minuscule San Francisco <laughs> apartment, but I wish them luck. But okay. Yeah. A lot of gear. Okay. All right. Well, sisters, I wanted to tell you about an incident um, that happened to me this week, and it was in the patient parking garage at a local Dallas hospital. I was there for, uh, to meet with a doctor, and the garage is for parents. Uh, you know, these, I mean, patients. It's for people that are seeing doctors in a professional building that's attached to the hospital. Appointments, checkups, screenings, uh, small procedures. In the parking garage, they have one of those auto attendants with a gate. Okay, so you take a very flimsy ticket. Okay, uh -oh. this is uh, yes. okay. ticket. Okay, here okay. she goes. I can sense where this is going. Okay, <laughs> no, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Okay, and so, and in order to exit the parking garage, you have to hold that super flimsy little ticket just so. So it reads the barcode, you know, you, you know, you have yeah. to hold it just right. And then it tells you how much money you owe. And then you have to put a credit card in. Now, the population of people who are par parking in this particular gar garage mm -hmm. is skewed el elderly. Yeah. Everyone in there is elderly. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? You know what, Liz and Leon? They can't do it. Every time yeah. I go, go to see my doctor, it's. Always a backup. And I'm not mm -hmm. complaining about being stuck in the parking garage. I just felt terrible about watching this spectacle. And it must happen every single day. I mean, the, yeah, right. there were five cars in line. There's an elderly woman and she can't, she's buckled into her seatbelt, you know, and she's little. So the auto attendant is too high for her, so she has to unbuckle. She has to turn off her car. Then she has to reach out, and she is struggling. She can't hold the piece of paper still. She's kind of shaking. She knows there are four cars behind her. Luckily, the person in car number three got out to help her, held the, held the paper, and then she got out. But that only just increased the stress because then... In the car, the next car, it was a pickup truck with an elderly man, and he must have been so worked up by seeing what happened in the previous car that he dropped his ticket oh. out the car. But because he had parked so close to the auto 
10 to Oh my God. I'm getting tense listening to this story. <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> open the door to get out of the car oh, to get his right. ticket. So then yes. he's crawling over the other oh. side. He gets out. He drops his wallet. Everything in his wallet goes under the truck. Okay. This is when I get out of the car and I am helping him. I, it's just yes. too much stress. Okay, there is no one to call. No, there's no help no. down there. You know, it's just it's just the, the kindness of strangers helping each other. But I really want to write a letter to the CEO of this hospital system. Like, I know you're trying to keep our healthcare costs down, but but this is not worth it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> someone yes. is going to if someone is literally going to have a heart attack in this parking lot because they can't do it what do you uh, do you think that's worth it do you think i should do it because i don't think the ceo has ever seen this mm-hmm. i don't think i mean i've seen a notice in our in my doctor's office like we're not in charge of the parking garage that's all it says you know so they know this is happening but i just i mean it's just okay. julie i feel like you have found your issue mm-hmm. you are you are obviously very passionate about this I think you should totally take it on, not just because you are passionate about it, because we're not that many years off from being in that population. So I, I, think I know, this, I know there's got to be a better way. There's right. my, I have witnessed this myself many times. Yes, it's, it's all, like all of that automated stuff. Oh, a few years ago, my doctor's office, this elderly couple came in. She was in a wheelchair. They had obviously been very stressful to even get to the doctor's office. Yes. And then they said she didn't really have an appointment because she hadn't confirmed it on her phone when they, you know how you get all those text messages now confirming every appointment. So it had automatically canceled. And it just broke my heart that these older people who need the healthcare system are being like shut out of the healthcare. I know. I know. Never mind healthcare parking. All right. So here's, I'm going to answer like the real estate uh, maven I am. My husband's in real estate and appraises a lot of buildings. My guess is that the hospital system doesn't own the building. You know, they probably don't. So that's building management. So you may have to write two letters is what I'm saying. Go ahead and write to the CEO, but also find out who owns the building and who manages the parking lot. Because sometimes those are two or three different owners and they're subleasing and all kinds of things with parking. So it's not as it it could be more than two letters. Uh, I can't believe they don't have a person down there. Most of them go to just have a person doing exactly what you say. They take the ticket. They hold the ticket up. They get the money. It moves the whole system along. It's such a relief. Uh, it, it is super stressful. I say you write those letters and then follow that up. Call the news. I mean, this. I feel. Seriously. I feel like I can. Go, I can go back any day of the week in the same situation. Yeah, we'll be going. repeating it. I, yeah. I could film it. I could yes. just bring my phone yeah. and just film it because it's it's going to happen again. Okay. Yeah. I thought right. because like the situation you just described, first of all, is painful for me to listen to as someone who just really hates parking lines. But um, uh, it's also super dangerous. Like and someone's going to get out of the car to help not put the parking brake on and you're all going to yes. get, you know what yes. I mean? It's just yes. going to be one of those weird tragedies. So I would write your letters. I'd get some documentation and then I would call your local news station because I think it's a good story. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Thanks, sisters. All and right. Super widespread. And, I, and then right. when you start picketing, it's going to be very dramatic, Julie. Right. It is. <laughs> it is. Liz, get on a slogan, Liz. <laughs> what all, you know, all what, something, I don't know what it is. Post, I'm sure there's something catchy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, but they definitely adapted parking something, something. Parking yeah. equality, I don't know what it is. Let me out of this <laughs> gosh darn parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, moving on. Um, I didn't have a healthcare parking situation here the other night. I had just a health situation here the other night. You know, last week I went to New York and back for um, for our cousin Celeste's uh, funeral. And I'm very glad I went. And then I got back on Friday and Saturday night I was uh, I was in bed. And in the middle of the night, I was struck down. I'm just going to say, you don't need the details. I'm just going to say it was a very dramatic gastrointestinal situation. And so, okay, so that's what I'm dealing with. It's the middle of the night. But because here we are, you know, just not quite post-COVID, then I immediately start thinking about, oh, my God, could that new COVID? Because I thought, well, this is not the symptoms of, like, COVID as we know it. But could that new COVID actually have this as a as a symptom? So then I'm like laying in bed, Googling that on my phone. I'm just getting more and more worked up. And then I'm like, okay, I, I get up, I take a COVID test. I managed to, luckily I have a lot of those still around. I passed the COVID test. So then I'm like back in bed. And then, but like my stomach hurts so much. Then I start thinking, Oh my God, is my appendix bursting? I don't know. I was just losing my, yeah. Do you ever lose your mind in bed in the middle of the night? I just, I was just, wow. Call the news. Call the news. This is why I love that Calm app, but I was just too worked up to use the Calm app. Anyway, is is my appendix bursting? And then I managed to convince myself that it wasn't that. But you know, when you've been getting really sick, then your whole abdomen starts to hurt. And something is really wrong there. And then I like could not get back to sleep and I was tossing and turning and tossing and turning. <laughs> then okay, my diagnosis- All right. Calm down over there. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then okay. I diagnosed restless leg syndrome. Like what is happening? Oh, no. my <laughs> anyway, by the time the sun came up, I was just a complete mess. But, oh, um, but I, I mean, did- were you on your phone looking up symptoms? Is yes, that- of course. Yes. Yes. Okay. When I wasn't, you know, otherwise indisposed uh so anyway i was i like i spent another day in bed i was fine but it just was one of those very rare situation where your mind just goes crazy and you can't make it stop and it's just and because the main thing is i mean i need to say my number one worry was what if i can't go to the big fun weekend right i'm like laying in bed thinking oh my god if i get sick right now minneapolis is out so I'm here right. to say I know, I know. I back channeled with Leon when I heard you were sick. <laughs> a lot of like, yeah. <laughs> it's like we're gonna have to come up with Plan B. <laughs> and anyway, I was like, you. we're Plan B. You and me are Plan B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm fine. In case anyone was worried about me, so far Good. all three of us are fine, right? And all three of us are gonna make it to Minneapolis, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Yes. <laughs> okay, and I. One more follow-up item. Um, you may recall a few weeks ago when Leanne raised the issue, she asked the question, what irrational fears do you have? And I said that I think my most irrational fear, besides, you know, appendicitis in the middle of the night and restless leg syndrome in the middle of the night, um, would be that someday I'm just going to strangle myself trying to remove my sports bra. Because, you know, when you're, 
so hot and sweaty and you try to get it up on your head. Impossible. And then you get it halfway there and then you just start to panic and then you're just, yeah. So I confess that that was my issue. And a lot of listeners said they shared that concern. We had a lot of posts in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group about that. But then... Then I Which got. Which is amazing, I, frankly. Yes. I mean, come on, let's not. <laughs> haven't you been stuck? I've been stuck. I've had to call yes. for help. I know, yes. but scissors yeah. exist. So it's not. <laughs> it's, it's panic, Leon. It's just like my stress in bed. It's the panic that overcomes you, and you're just not <laughs> thinking straight. So, uh, so then I got this tip from listener Kim. And Kim. I'm going to need you to talk me through this at some point. Maybe send a video demonstration because this seems even harder. What Kim said is, Liz, step into your sports bra. No more strangling. Okay. I can't even imagine that maneuver working. Yeah, I, I don't think that's possible to do. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys ever stepped into it. And then Never. No. So then you're pulling it up over your hips and you're like, I don't know, Kim. I. I would actually like to see a demonstration of this. I'm not asking you for any nudity uh, or anything, but um, that just, the, even the thought of it made me laugh. I would be struggling so much to make that work that that's what, that's Liz, what I don't thought. think you should do you in particular. You break a hip. You break you a hip. You would break a hip. I mean, you're Go definitely going to fall over if you try to step into a sports bra. I mean, we're all going to, you're all going to fall over. That's impossible, Kim. So I'm just putting this question out there to the Satellite Sisterhood. Are you stepping into your sports bras? Wow. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more, sisters. Tell me more. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you like did. to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com.
Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we, we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, yes. you can you can literally see your skin get firmer and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, we're back. Leanne, Liz, and Julie here. All right, Liz, well, Nobel Prize winners. I love this time of year when they just start announcing like crazy. I don't know why. It seems really fun. Yeah. Yeah, because there are lots of people. You've never heard of any of these people because their work is so specialized. You, We would never have heard of them. But then you, you read these uh, stories about what they've been devoting their lives to, and you can't believe it. So the Nobel Prize for Economics was awarded this week to Professor Claudia Golden. And she won the prize for her work studying women in the labor market. So she is one of the first academics to really take seriously the causes of the gender pay gap. And her work has been very influential in helping economies sort of address the gender pay gap. So, yay. Right. You're here. You're here. Okay. So she is the third woman to win the Nobel Prize for Economics. She's the first one to win it all by herself. And I'm guessing she's the only one to win it for work about women. So I'm just very happy that they're recognizing economic research that informs them on the lives and work of women in our overall economy. So all of that, very, very great. So then I was reading about her and um, uh, it popped up in my social feeds, a, um, a tweet from her 
uh, said that said, you know, guess what? I'm so happy I won the Nobel Prize in Economics. Thanks. And I thought, wow, that seems like a super casual tweet from somebody who just a professor at Harvard who just won uh, the Nobel Prize. And then I noticed that the word happy was spelled wrong. Oh. And and I was like, oh my God, Nobel laureates, they're just like us. Well, she just, she just, <laughs> she, she just didn't do the spell check. Not that there is some tweet. Just got, just got super excited and tweeted that out. Yeah. And then I read it over and over and over again. And I thought, okay, that does not seem real. Does that, that does not seem like what a Harvard professor, after years, years of work in this area, would tweet after winning a Nobel Prize. So I did a little research. When first I went down in the comments, and I wasn't alone in doubting the whether this was really her. Turns out it was fraudulent. So I was sad for a little bit there because I thought it was um, great that she was just like us, misspelling things in her online messages. <laughs> but then, then I found her real uh, uh, Twitter account. And it was even better because, first of all, her account is not under the name Claudia Golden. It's under Pika Golden, which is the name of her dog. So she is tweeting out under the name of her golden retriever. And there was a very charming photo of she, her husband, and her golden retriever, Pika, saying, you know, oh, this came from the Nobel Prize Committee, saying, very happy to award this to Claudia Golden, blah, 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 blah. And there she was. With her dog in the photo. So it's true, sisters. Nobel laureates. They're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> That's had a very happy ending, Liz. I like it. Yes, it was a long way around to get to that, but that was, so that's my report on that. All right. Then last week also was the beginning of the Sam Bankman Freed trial uh, for fraud. You know, he's the one that had the giant collapse. Yes. We're so happy you're, you're reporting for us. <laughs> well, this is just a, a snapshot of a moment related to this, because I mentioned last week that one of my favorite authors, Michael Lewis, was publishing a brand new book about Sam Bankman-Fried, which we, he had actually been researching even before FTX collapsed. He just thought this guy was fascinating. And so he was working on a book about him. And then all of a sudden the whole thing collapsed and he got, you know, indicted and now he's in jail and now he's on trial. So allegedly even a better book because something really dramatic is happening. So um, but I hadn't I didn't know any of that at the time when I talked about it last week. And I had just downloaded the book, which is called Going Infinite. And I listened to it on my way to and from New York last week. So then, again, this is another Satellite Sisters update. You're always so helpful. Um, in the Facebook group, Mimi said, hold on, let me just get the, Mimi said, regarding the SBF trial, it does appear that Michael Lewis is being questioned in his presentation of the narrative. Perhaps Liz Dolan needs to add a few more sources to follow while covering this. And then smiley face wink. So, and and it's true. Like I read the book and I, so I was reading further and further into it. And I was like, huh, I'm not so sure about his theory of the case because his premise in the book seemed to increasingly be that he's just so much smarter than all the rest of us. He can't possibly follow the rules. He's just too smart to follow the rules, you know? And really? really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, disappointing. 
it's just, it kind of reminded me, I remember in one job I had, I had a colleague who didn't drive because just too harebrained to drive, just too discombobulated to drive, just couldn't drive, constantly driving off the road. And another colleague used to make fun of him like, oh, just too creative to drive, right? And uh, so he was the subject of much mockery. Well, this is a little bit of the vibe I was getting from Michael Lewis that, uh, you know, that he was just, you know, playing like 12 dimensional chess and the rest of us just don't understand. We just can't possibly understand. And so by the end of the book, I mean, there's a lot of really great stuff in the book. And he's so great at reporting very complicated financial matters in a way you can almost entirely understand, right? That's a great skill of his. But by the end of the book, he seems to be kind of suggesting that if we had just let it play out, if we hadn't arrested him, that it would have all turned out okay and maybe FTX wasn't bankrupt at all. It's not like he ever says that flat out, but he kind of hints that he felt like it all would have been okay in the end. Okay, he couldn't find the money, but he would have found the money. <laughs> and it's just, it's a little bit strange. So thank you, Mimi, for pointing that out. I, I would still recommend Michael Lewis as a source, and he's very interesting to listen to. Leon, you said he's on Katie Couric's podcast right now, right? Right. It just dropped this morning. And if if you're sort of playing catch up on this, um, it's just a very concise 40-minute interview about uh, the the book, the trial, their relationship, uh, and and all that. So it's good. Yeah. It's a good little interview. The Katie Couric, yeah, the, uh, yeah. The, the, the their relationship is very interesting, and all the other character rounds is more interesting. But he seems to be trying to make the case that uh, he's not a run of the mill crook, but he could still be a super smart crook. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Anyway, I just it's fascinating because I expected like the open and shut case on Sam Bankman Freed, because of course we've all decided he's guilty, right? Mm -hmm. And uh yes. that's not quite what the book delivers. So just I am going to need some more sources. Thank you very much, Mimi, for the heads up on that. Well, all I can say is I'm glad Liz Dolan is on this case because I, I've i deliberately not been reading a lot about it, Liz, because I know you are going to be doing the reporting. So whatever you say, I know will be the right answer, right? Well, Julie, just remember when we originally started talking about this, when the whole case happened, yes. and the guy that was put in charge of the bankruptcy was the guy who had done the Enron case? Exactly. And, and we were like, okay, yeah, well, he'll get this figured out. And there's a very long chapter about that guy where Michael Lewis seems to be making the case that that guy doesn't know what he's doing. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Okay. Well, speaking of fraud and crimes, uh, how about I want to give uh, you two sisters of fraud a quick fraud quiz. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Leon, what do you do when you get texts from an unknown number? What do uh, you do? I block the number. Okay. Okay. Good answer. Okay. Liz, have you ever been uh, notified by Netflix that your account has been suspended? And what do you do? Yes, I have gotten that email and I immediately delete the email. Oh, so smart. So smart. Okay. How about this, Lynn? A social media friend request. Do you always accept no. them? I, I have a new policy now, too. If you don't have a photo, I mean, it's not new, but I, if you don't have a photo... I'm not accepting your request. And now if I really don't know you, I don't accept your request. Okay. And and Liz, um, 
Amazon, do you use Amazon? Uh, well, they yes. emailed you that your account has been locked because, I don't know, of a non-payment. Have you ever received that? And what do you do? Well, one rule I know, because they repeat it over and over again. All these companies say, we will never ask you, we will never call you, and we will never ask you to send us your account information. So I've gotten that from Amazon. I've gotten that from my bank. I've gotten that from Netflix. I, like, you just get that all the time. And that's immediately uh, block and delete. Okay. Well, you girls are way ahead because uh, most Americans, you realize in 2020, Americans lost $103 billion, that's with a B, uh, on internet scams such as this. Just fraudulent stuff coming into to your phone, to your email. And, and now what's even more alarming, I just read this article um, that chat GPT that they're now calling, they used to call it just phishing. They'd send out these emails or these, you know, sort of poorly written um, texts to you. But now um, because of AI, uh, they are able to sort of go through all of your social media, you know, perhaps they've already had, you know, you know, figured out how to break into your email account and that really is improving the the quality of the fraudulent letters and texts that are going out to people because now they're sounding like much more believable emails. And you know, oh, wow. where you used to be able to say, oh, well, look at this, look at how you know it's got a misspelling or the grammar is bad. That was that's a, that's a key way to you know to uh, to uh, throw these out. But now the emails are getting very complex. And they've really improved the way they're super believable. That's all I'm saying. So while you while you both passed the fraudulent quiz that I gave you, many people don't, or it's certainly going to get harder to um, to pick out what's real and what's not real. Yeah, I can believe that. I also find it harder. If it's an email, I just assume it's fake. But there's something about when it comes in as a text that mm -hmm. it makes you feel like, oh, I better click on that. So you just have to resist, just resist, just delete them yeah. immediately. Right. Because it's it seems a little bit more personal, like they know you if they have yes. your text number versus the emails. Well, Jill, I have to say, I feel like my in-laws who are 87 and 80, they fall for every single one of these. I oh. don't think to the point where they're giving money away yet, but yeah. they have canceled so many credit cards and had to change this and change that. And I was having a conversation with my father-in-law the other day, and he was saying, well, they sent me this email and they had the last four digits of my social of my credit card number. So and they were asking me for more information and I, they said I had bought this thing. So I just canceled my credit card. I said they didn't have your whole credit card number. They were hoping you would click on it and put it in. Oh, no, it looked real. I'm sure they had the credit card number. I just, I mean, I'm glad he canceled the credit card rather than giving the information over, but they've just done this dozens and dozens of times and had, you know, and they have like virus upon virus upon virus because they keep clicking on stuff. They certainly do target older Americans. Yeah. You know, that that is definitely part of it. But it's just going to get even harder not to give out the sensitive in information. A lot of times you get emails or texts and it's alarming, like, you know, like we're shutting down this account or, you know, Liz, you said you got an email the other day that you can't tell whether it's real or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was a parking ticket. 
And it's it says it's a photo stop sign enforcement program, and that I owe somebody somewhere 110 bucks. And but there's nothing in the actual notice. Like normally, when it's uh, like a photo stop sign thing, they have the photo. They show your oh yeah right right. They show your your car and your license plate number. This doesn't have any of that. And it's just, I don't even know where this place is. And so I Googled that and it's like any of the parks around here in the mountains or something. Anyway, it just looks like, it just looks bogus to me. But then you think now they're charging me a penalty and it's just going to keep increasing. I don't know. I'm not, I don't believe it, but I'm worried about it. That's my current status on this one. Yeah. 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 I think this, I mean, it's it's going to get uh, more difficult to uh, determine it. And I just want to say right here on the show, if I don't respond to your email or text, uh, just just assume I thought it was fraudulent. That's why. And <laughs> I'll get back to you. I'll call you or or send me another one because I think that's probably good protocol to, to try to verify things. If you get anything that looks a little fishy, yeah, just check it out. Yeah. I, that's the way I feel, Jewel. Like, if there's any little, like, spidey tingle at all, like, hmm, this is unusual, delete. That's, that's right. 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 Yeah. I don't even now give money. I don't give money over the phone anymore. There's a whole, you know, people yeah. call because so many of those are scammers and they're using, like, the police and the fire department as, you know, a way in to get you to donate. But even... If someone says, oh, you're you're overdue, you know, I'll take a credit card. No, thanks. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not just giving some random person a phone call. I'm pretty cautious now. Pretty cautious. But good, a good reminder, Julie. Good reminder. Um, yeah, Julie's going to need you to send a photo with today's newspaper held up. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, this is just more elder abuse, which is now your issue. Too. I think this is, I'm taking it on. you. <laughs> <laughs> Once you fix all of the parking garages and health facilities around the country, get on this next. This okay. is a big one. <laughs> all right, sisters. I saw this uh, article in the Washington Post last week. It's part of their advice column from uh, therapist Jill Stoddard. And uh, the question was about, are you lost in self-doubt? Here's how to succeed despite imposter syndrome. And Imposter syndrome is one of those things. I think it came into our consciousness about 20 years ago. Used to really be sort of subscribed to only high achieving women, you know, with the idea that you would go into a room and feel like I don't deserve to be here. What am I doing here? It was a whole fake until you make it kind of thing. Um, But now, you know, it has a broader definition. Pretty much anyone who is part of a marginalized community, they may feel like they have imposter thoughts and feelings. They're not going to be a good contributor in a workplace or on a committee or something like that. So it is a broader definition now. But I have to say, I am asked about imposter syndrome all the time at my talks and by women in their 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s. Liam, what do you do about imposter syndrome? Have you ever had imposter syndrome? You know, how do you get work through it? So it makes me think a lot about it. And part of me thinks that it's a little bit bogus. <laughs> so I, you know, I feel like I had imposter syndrome in my 20s when I actually wasn't qualified for the job I was doing. So <laughs> I really was an imposter. Like I did have to finish it till I made it. I had 
sort of made a leap, gotten a big promotion from a production assistant to producer. There was a whole host of things I didn't know how to do. And I was too nervous to ask anybody. And I sort of faked it. But ever since then, I feel like, well, sometimes I'm nervous and I know I have things to learn, but I don't feel like I'm an imposter here. So mm -hmm. I was wondering, Liz and Julie, uh, if you've ever had imposter syndrome, when you think about it, Liz, let's start with you. Well, there have been plenty of times when I have felt in over my head at work. And uh, that's just a real thing that I think everyone goes through. But the older I got, the more I also came to feel like calling it imposter syndrome. It's almost by naming it in that way. We were making it more real and people were we're taking it on like, you know, I'm female. So, of course, I feel this way. And I just decided I wasn't going to I just wasn't going to feel that way anymore. And one time I was in a job interview with a company that sort of vets women to be on boards of directors. And so they want to create this pool of women who are qualified to be directors of public companies and things. And I am qualified for that. So they were sort of interviewing me. <laughs> Of course, they're qualified. Yes. Well, exactly, Julie. I'm not, not an imposter. imposter. I'm not an imposter. I've actually exactly. done the work. I, I 100% qualified. What else do you want to know? Um, and But the woman said to interviewing me, he said, you know, how do you deal with an, with imposter syndrome? And I said, oh, I don't have that. And she was, <laughs> she, she was sort of taken aback. And I didn't mean to be flippant about it. I was yeah. just like, you know, I've worked hard my whole life. I've learned a lot. I'm pretty sure about the things I know and also aware of the things I don't know. That does not make me feel like an imposter. It does make me feel like there are more things I could learn. But no, I've gotten I've gotten over imposter syndrome because I think you can just almost take it on too much and make it too much a part of your identity. Of course, there's stuff you don't know. Yeah, same with everyone. So that's kind of the way I feel. Now, as far as various communities, like if you are black in a very white space or female in a very male space, I understand why there are like cultural challenges, all kinds of differences. I get that. But just the idea that women always feel bad about ourselves and you know, we always feel like we're imposters. Nah, I would I would recommend against taking that on as part, yeah. as part of your identity. Julie, it's funny when people ask me, Liz, in these talks, it is sort of the assumption. Very often it's like, well, and of course I had imposter syndrome. And I think yeah. the question is really, but why, of course? Like, why? You're a grown yeah. woman. You know, yes. there must be some, there's something you know. Joel, what about you? Well, I think we should fix the bias that's in the workplace, whether yes. it's racism, classism, whatever, whatever it is. We should fix that. But we don't necessarily need to fix women, okay? I mean, that's <laughs> I, I think we could separate those two. And what I was, you know, because I know we were going to talk about this, when you Google imposter syndrome, what I was also kind of discouraged about is there's a whole industry out there that's now, oh. you know, mm -hmm. treating imposter syndrome. There's videos, there's self-help, there's books, there's, you know, workshops, there's therapies, you know, there's art articles, whatever you need. And I I think that a little of it is it's reinforcing things that, you know, there there's another way to approach the workplace. And there's another way, you know, to sort of, again, to separate bias from just being a woman, being a confident woman in a workplace. Right. Right. And, you know, if you feel not quite qualified, it could be because you're not. 
You're not, and, right. And, yeah. And there are plenty of times in any career where you take a job that is a big stretch for you. So you don't know what you're doing. It's okay. That's right. <laughs> and that's why you it's work with a team. That's why you get additional skills, get, get additional experiences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you think, I mean, at a certain point, don't you think in your life, you learn that, well, nobody else knows what they're doing either. There you go. <laughs> that's the key, Liz. I think that's, that's sort of where I got. Like, oh, yeah. It's not that I don't know. Nobody. We're all just making this up. And once you get over that hurdle, it's just much easier. But I I have respect for people that feel unwelcome in spaces. Right. Right, Julie. Bias and racism and all of that. That's a different thing. But if it's coming from inside of you, you know, you'll you'll learn the skills you need to move ahead uh, as long as you're in the right um, environment. All right. Now, imposters here at Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling there with your your butcher box. What what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in in Bend for a part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what what I'm recommending. (laughs) By the way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, (laughs) I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. No antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. Nice to have something familiar there. (laughs) Yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from pros is getting rave reviews. Leon, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? 
Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair is really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Hey, Leon, I was thinking that we were total imposters when we started our radio show. <laughs> yeah, that was right. We did not know what we were doing. We yes. suffer from overconfidence. That's, that is, that's a whole nother syndrome. Okay. I think that's it. That's, that's our problem is overconfidence. I think anyone that starts something new, it's, it's good to be naive about what you're taking. On anyway, we were. Wait, wait, I just want to mention though. I'm thinking as you said that when we first moved to ABC, we would have these listen back sessions, which were excruciating. And <laughs> I remember one one point we were listening back, and I went to answer something. I went to respond to someone, and I said one word like "well," and they shut the tape off. They're like, "Okay." And then they managed to do like 27 reasons why that was a terrible response. And by the end, I was just crying. I was like, okay. <laughs> but but so, we knew we were in the environment to learn. And yes. we were. Yeah. Yes. We were, yes. But we at were, that, yeah. We were aware the, of our shortcomings when we decided to give it a go. We were. We absolutely were. Maybe we just weren't quite sure how short our shortcomings were well just (laughs) okay all right moving on that was just a little coda to imposter syndrome sometimes you really don't know what you're doing it's not just you making it up (laughs) okay um we have the big fun weekend coming up we're very excited we're all traveling to to minneapolis this week and um i want to give a lift well maybe do we need a weather report on this because I'm just going to say I am leading the walk to the Mary Tyler Moore statue on Saturday morning, and it looks like it's going to be pouring rain on on Saturday. (laughs) So so I was going to announce that we were doing this rain or shine. I don't really know. I can't really commit to that. Depends how much rain. But here's my travel tip. If you're flying into Minneapolis, as I mentioned on last week's show, there is a Prince store in the Minneapolis airport. I suggest if you want to come on the walk on Saturday morning, you stop at the store and buy yourself a nice purple rain umbrella. Okay. All right. That's all I can say about the walk. Any tips you guys want to offer on the big fun weekend? Anything you want to add? 
<laughs> no, uh, other than I well, I will say that uh, next week's show that we plan to give some of the highlights for for all our listeners who are not able to be with us in Minneapolis. We we want to include you. We want to give you some of the behind the scenes of what what happened and some of the highlights. Um, uh, well, there's only going to be highlights for sure, but uh, <laughs> of the weekend, right? Yes, yes. And I have a related merch update. You know, some of the merch in the store was big fun weekend merch. But the rest of it is just fun Satellite Sister stuff. So all are welcome at the Satellite Sisters shop. The easiest way to find that is to go to our website, SatelliteSisters.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see shop. Just click on that. There's a lot of very good stuff. And I think almost everyone got everything they ordered for the uh, for the big fun weekend, but they apparently did run out of pins. So for those of you who are waiting for pins, do not worry. That's one thing we have plenty of. We will we will be there with plenty of pins when you arrive on Friday. So there you go. All good. Great. Good update. Good update. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Going to be fantastic. So to that end, for Entertaining Sisters, I created two playlists. Again, all are welcome to listen to my Spotify playlist. One is just our soundtrack for the weekend, the Big Fun Weekend playlist. And that has all different kinds of music things that have come from old Satellite Sister shows, uh, artists that we've mentioned on the show before, you know, music that sort of fits a Minneapolis vibe. That's to play on your way to the Big Fun Weekend to get psyched all weekend long if you can't make it with us. And then a whole other playlist is just the dance tunes. Um, we're going to have a professional DJ Saturday night, and she will be spinning her own list. But I just, people recommended so many fun dance tunes. I just put them all in a playlist. So it's over at Spotify. The links are in the show notes. Uh, if you just search Big Fun Weekend, you'll come up with both those um, both those uh, playlists over there if you listen to Spotify playlists. Super fun thing to listen to on your way to Minneapolis. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. It is. Or, or even housework. Even Elaine, I was listening to them this weekend. Uh, I really did some dancing in my kitchen. So I know. The, the, yeah, the dance yeah. one's fun. Yeah. It's just pure fun. Yeah. So, hey, just mark your calendar. You know, we had talked on Satellite Sisters about how much we love the book Lessons in Chemistry um, and uh, by Bonnie uh, Garmus. Well, it's coming out this week on Apple TV and it stars Brie Larson. And, you know, this is about it's set in the 1950s and it starred, it's about a woman who dreamed of being a scientist, but that was put on hold and she becomes the host of a TV cooking show. And it's just a wild tale. But I'm looking I'm looking for it comes out on October 13th. Um, I can't wait to see it. And most importantly, I can't wait to see who plays the dog in this. The character <laughs> sticks 30. OK, we will discuss this at some later date. Thank you. Okay. And so that's on Apple TV. OK, I'll have to try that. After I finish the morning show, of course, which is what yeah. I'm currently watching on Apple TV. And, and Leanne, I think you said this a couple of weeks ago. You are 100% correct. An angry Jennifer Aniston is the best Jennifer Aniston. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> I wish she was in every scene. I don't know why she's just not in every scene. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's really good. Okay. Also on Entertaining Sisters. I have a newspaper story I'm going to recommend, and I put it in the show notes. I'll also put it on our website. And it's and I, I have finally figured out how to use the gift link from the New York Times website. So it's so you won't be blocked by the paywall. You will be able to you'll be able to read this because this is the new Satellite Sisters fave. The um, 
The headline in the story is, I was a Pop-Tarts taste tester, which is provocative, no? And, yes. Uh, and it is written by our very own uh, Laura M. Holson, longtime Satellite Sister. She's even been a guest on the show. And uh, here's the way it starts. It says, almost every family has a secret they never discuss. Ours is this. We were taste testers for Pop-Tarts. And that was <laughs> just amazing. It's just amazing. But what was amazing, especially amazing, Julie, is that they, she explores sort of how Pop-Tarts became such a cultural touchstone. And it's something I had never really thought about before. Why are Pop-Tarts so famous? It's just like one grocery store item. And yet, when you say the words Pop-Tarts, everyone has like an image of that. And so Kellogg is on the verge of celebrating the 60th birthday of Pop-Tarts next year. Okay. Oh, I love a fake, <laughs> fake anniversary like this. Great. This is great. And what's, case, what's planned, Liz? What, what, what is okay, the well, company the, First of all, in case you're wondering how, I was like, does anyone even buy Pop-Tarts now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They popped up. Last year, more than 2 billion Pop-Tarts <gasps> were sold. Okay? This is like Pop-Tarts. They're so bad for you. It's just all yeah. sugar. Uh, right. and, <laughs> and, and they burn your tongue. Okay? Can we just say that? <laughs> they always burn your tongue. Okay. Well, I'm going to get to the family taste test part of the story, Julie, too, because it's so funny the way they test them. But anyway, one other anniversary item. Next year, Jerry Seinfeld is releasing a movie that he directed and stars in. It's called Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart Story. And it's a it's a farcical chronicle of the race to win the breakfast pastry wars. Like, did oh, we even funny. know that there were breakfast pastry wars? We did not. <laughs> but anyway, in the story, Laura has some of the background, like just the fact that they called them Pop-Tarts is one of the keys to why they sort of stuck, because it was the era of pop art and pop tarts and pop arts they oh, to name yeah. them. Now, let me try this one out. Would you have been as excited about this if you saw a product named Fruit Scones? No, no, way. no, no way. It's not yeah. happening as a no. thing, as a cultural. No fruit scone is becoming a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Anyway, but Plus, so not a scone. Like yes. absolutely not a scone. I mean, that's a, I'm not to be all British. It was. Yeah. It was a weapon. It was a weapon. <laughs> Maybe not even a tart, but no, nobody cared. It was no pop. one cared. Yeah, it was the pop and the pop art and the popping out of your toaster and all of that. Yeah. Anyway, mm. So the way it worked that Laura's family somehow they got chosen for this, and like our family, there are eight kids uh, in Laura's family, and she is the youngest of the eight. So like you, Leanne, she's mm -hmm. the family. She was very young when this happened, but she just totally vividly remembers the family taste testing. And she said, she wrote in the story that we got unreleased flavors that their neighbors and classmates could not buy. So it was just Ooh. this super special feeling. Here's my favorite detail. Her sister, older sister, recalls that their father locked the Pop-Tarts in the basement for safekeeping because... <laughs> <laughs> because food left unattended in a big family tends to disappear quickly. <laughs> and I would say we could we could verify that. That would yes. our mother would definitely hide food from us. And mainly she hid like soda, you know. Right. 
Right. Anyway, so so the parents are hiding the, the popcorn. We had a lot of food where our mother would just say, oh, you can't eat that. Oh, yeah, no, you can't <laughs> eat that. No one touched that. Yeah, don't don't, touch it's just no. yeah. food that we couldn't eat uh, until a specific day and time. Yeah, you can't eat that. Don't eat that. Have a nice oh. glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> but the details are so entertaining because they would come in unmarked packages mm-hmm. because they didn't want the kids to know what the flavors were. You know, they just had to taste them. So, but guess what they didn't do? They didn't have them for breakfast. Laura's mother only served them for dessert after dinner. Like, God, well, that's that's about that's about right because they were super sweet and bad for you. <laughs> that must have been nice at the dinner table. They haul out the toaster and they oh, no, make some pop tarts. No, there was, there was also not a lot of toasting going on in the Holson household. She, she's like, for some reason, our mother served them like as dessert after dinner when we had new ones. They were very rarely toasted. So they were just getting cold Pop-Tarts for uh, for dessert. And they would Then they would have to fill out their forms and write all their comments. <laughs> and only, only then did the parents reveal what the flavors were. Oh. And so... You can see why it was a feeling of such great power. Yes. You know, a really family bonding thing. Forget game night at the house. Yeah. And Pop-Tart. <laughs> yes. I just wonder if any of this product testing goes on like this anymore. Obviously, people are testing products, but the mailing them in unmarked packages to American homes and getting written reports on them. I just love the image of that. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, Read the story. I was a Pop-Tarts taste tester and look forward next year to the premiere of Unfrosted, the Pop-Tart story. Not only is Jerry Seinfeld in it, also in this movie, Amy Schumer, Melissa McCarthy, and Hugh Grant. It's yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, again, who wouldn't want to be in a movie about Pop-Tarts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who wouldn't want him? Uh, that's fun. fun uh, a lot of fun details. Thank you. Yes. All right, that is our show for today. First thing we want to do is thank our sponsors. We're very uh, grateful to MEA for being a sponsor of Satellite Sisters now and for sponsoring our big fun weekend. For more information about their programs, go to meawisdom.com. Big thanks to Sergio Enriquez, our engineer. Thank you, Sergio. We always appreciate what you do. And Emily Borgine, our graphic designer. Uh, But we're going to thank Sarah Alice Kaiser, who is our event producer for the Big Fun Weekend. It is fair to say we absolutely could not ever have done this. No. We talk about imposter syndrome. Totally unqualified (laughs) to run this event. Oh, so uh, we're uh, look for her and please say thank you for if you're coming to the big fun weekend because she's been huge, huge, huge. And um, that's what's going to make it fun. Having Sarah Alice there. All right. Our to do list. Julie, what do you have? Well, it's packing for the big fun weekend. Yeah. of course, And it's mostly merch that I'm, <laughs> that I'm traveling with. So here's my plan, because I don't want to check a bag because then I could like lose my Mama Mia dance party outfit. Like, <laughs> right. That we can't. Right. No, I know. So, so my strategy is I am planning on wearing layers of merch on the plane. Uh, so I, I I mean, I it may be four or five layers, sweatshirts, fleeces, T-shirts. <laughs> uh, I, got a, I got a lot going on. I am going to be looking like the Michelin woman <laughs> as I come through that Minneapolis airport. Oh, oh my God, that's, that's funny. So funny. Yeah, I know. I was going to check a bag and then 
I was talked out of it by our event producer, Sarah Alice, who was like, don't check a bag. So now I'm just jamming everything in one bag. Liz, how about you? What's on your to-do? Well, I decided as I was laying in bed, dying from not COVID, not appendicitis, not restless leg syndrome, that I was missing one key item for the Mamma Mia dance party. So I'm going out this afternoon in search of a boa. I just can't. I feel like I need. Oh, yeah. 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 And Good I, move, Liz. Love Good it. Move. So yeah. it's, I figured tis the season where I have like a dozen Halloween costume stores have opened up in the neighborhood. So it's a good, don't you think that's the best place to find a Bella? Or should I yeah. drive all the way to Culver City to Claire's, which I'm, I've been told is sort of the home of all kinds of junky stuff like this. What do you recommend? Uh, well, as my grandchildren would say, you have a phone, Liz. Why don't you like text? Go, why don't you Google them or call them before you oh. uh, before you venture out? Just, yeah. just question. Okay. Okay. That's my children say that too. Uh, Liz, I really thought you were going to say, "Tis the season, meeting its event." It's like um, award season here in Los Angeles coming yes. up, and everybody needs a boa. That's where I was going. <laughs> Not Halloween season. I I would go for you know a quality boa. I try to find a better boa than you might find at one of those Halloween pop-ups. So you're thinking investment grade boa because I'm going to use it again? Right. Well, it's it's a word season, Liz. You mentioned okay. it. So, okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, all right. My to-do is just to wish everyone safe travels to Minneapolis. We're so grateful that you're coming and we look forward to spending the weekend with you. And as Julie mentioned, uh, next week, we'll tell you all about it on Satellite Sisters. All right, sisters, safe travels. See you, you soon. soon. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.